0: At our Father's house, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Pastor Justin. most statement I've ever heard a minister say, to say, to say that a man has enough faith to, to throw a dead man against the wall and say, live, or kick a baby across the stage and be healed, but don't have enough faith for his own kidney stones to be healed, there's something not right about that statement. Faith is, lack of faith is not the only reason for unanswered prayer, and we'll talk about that in just a few moments. There's a lot of reasons, and there's things happen that naturally, by human reasoning, we don't understand. There's things that happen that we don't understand. The Bible says the sun shines and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Good things and bad things happen to everybody. Amen. Because you are seated in the heavenly places doesn't mean you're exempt from problems doesn't mean you're exempt from a negative doctor's report, a fight in your marriage, or a problem with your finances. No, no, that does not mean that. But what it does mean is you've got a connection with God that He can bring deliverance, He can bring healing, He can bring provision. But even if He chooses not to, He can give you peace to carry you through. And I want to talk about peace because peace is something that's supernatural. There is no human explanation for peace, none whatsoever. There's no explanation. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It comes from intimacy with God. It comes from a relationship with Jesus. Peace does. Peace is not something you can create in yourself. It's not something that can happen just because good things are happening in your life. It takes the comforting power of the Holy Spirit to carry you through, especially in times when you're grieving. And I was teaching the, uh, the kids this week, and I was saying, you know, grieving is natural. It's going to happen. So your friend dies, classmate, parent, grandparent, we all have to face that, those moments. But it takes the peace of the Holy Spirit to carry you through. And I'm already getting ahead of myself. But if you allow bitterness to creep in and in those situations, get mad at God and say, God, why did this happen to me? Instead of saying, God, I don't understand, but I need your peace to carry me through it. It's the right approach to the throne of grace. Amen. So I want to read from Matthew chapter 11. I got a few scriptures to go through this morning. But Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to start reading the verse 1. I'm going to read down to verse number 6. We're going to talk a little bit about John the Baptist. And then we're going to dive into these reasons for unanswered prayer. Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. When you find that, if you could, would you stand in honor reading the Word of God this morning. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. This is going to be a great morning to get healed, man. So I, I believe that God can expose things in your heart that's held you bound for a long time and has caused you to be s- stationary in your relationship with Jesus. And if you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, I believe God can take you to a, to a dimension you've never been before and heal areas of your heart and life that you have that just kept blocked off and hedged around in your life. You need a, we need to tear those walls. Let this Word tear those walls down and let His Spirit speak to you. Amen. Matthew 11, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass... When Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Are you he that should come? Now this is John the Baptist, the one that prepared the way for the, of the Lord. This, this John the Baptist was asking, Are you the one that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said, Go show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he. Happy is he. Who is whosoever shall not be offended in me blessed is he who is not offended in me let's pray father we thank you for your word this morning we ask holy spirit that you would come cover this room just with a just a blanket of peace lord we thank you for the atmosphere of worship that's already set and father i pray just minister to our hearts bring healing bring deliverance father i pray in this atmosphere that bitterness would be laid down and forgiveness would come in Lord, and through this message this morning, I pray that broken hearts will be mended. Expose things in our hearts that we did not know was there. And God, that we may repent of it, lay it down and be free. Let there be a... It just, your Word says what the Spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. And Father, we know your Spirit is here. I pray set liberty those that are captive this morning. Let this be a jubilee kind of day. Somebody receive that. Let this be a jubilee kind of day. Father, we pray, come and speak your word, release your word to our hearts. We're hungry for your word. God, let it be sealed upon our hearts and be acted in our lives. Father, we thank you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Again, reasons for unanswered prayer. God, got to think about John the Baptist. This guy, he, w- he w- leaped in his mother's womb in the Holy Ghost. This guy, he left the ministry, the religious ministry of the priesthood and the prophets and he went into the wilderness and he preached repentance and he was baptizing people, foreshadowing Jesus who was to come, who would bring upon a spiritual baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And he would baptize people unto repentance. And he preached that Jesus would come. And when he laid his eyes on Jesus, John the Baptist would say, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. But there would come a time in Matthew chapter 11 where John would find himself in prison. Now John's picture of ministry was, I'm going to be right next to Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to be with him all the way. He's going to play in his physical kingdom on this earth. I'm going to be with him the entire way. Now, King Herod has this guy locked up in prison because he was preaching against the government of that day and age. And he was locked up in prison, and he sent two of his disciples to Jesus to say, ask him, is he the one or do we look for another? What happened within within these two to three years of John the Baptist's ministry and life? What happened to cause him to lose faith? He was faced with a situation and an impossibility that he was not getting out of. You would say, see, us in our carnal way of thinking, we say, well, it seemed like it would be better for John to be with Jesus, not locked up in prison, not a martyr yet, not beheaded uh, for what he believed in, not yet. I mean, he could be right next to Jesus, and they could be raising the roof everywhere, you know, healing people everywhere, raising the dead back to life everywhere. But this man would have a sword taken to his head and he would be beheaded for what he believed. Because here's the thing, there's sometimes we got this idea of what ministry is and our calling is and stuff and when things don't happen as planned, we begin to lose faith and we begin to doubt God. And when we face struggles, we face opposition and things, we automatically get offended at God and say, God, why did you let this happen? I'm faithful in serving you, why did you let this happen? Some things, you know, there's not really always an answer in our own human reasoning. the Holy Spirit to guide us you know John the Baptist's mission was to prepare the way of the Lord it wasn't to be raised right there next to Jesus his mission was to prepare the way of the Lord he fulfilled that mission was known as the greatest prophet ever next to Jesus that was his mission that was his calling his calling was not to be right there next to Jesus on the cross prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight be the voice crying he did that stuff but we a lot of times create this image in our mind of what we think God's calling is on our life. Do you know one thing you should never pray is for God to use you? Why? We've all prayed. I prayed that prayer. And sometimes I've been catching myself. Like, Okay, i got to stop. Why? Have you ever been used in a relationship? Have you ever been used? You know what being used means? It means God, make, let, raise me and let me get famous with you. And Lord, use me on the platform and use me where everybody can see me and then when you're done with me, put me back on the shelf and then when you're ready to get me out as your trophy, get me out. You don't want to be used in a relationship and you don't want to use God in a relationship either. See, a lot of people try to use God in prayer. God, I need this. God, have you ever seen those relationships? Those That boy that's so radically in lust with that girl (laughs) does everything he wants her to do Amen. doesn't matter what it is. He's going to do it. He's going to stop. He's going to do it. And you're, and you're sitting here, and you're looking and saying, man, not only is this dude whipped, but this guy is basically just serving her. And, when he, and you already see, you know, when she gets done with him, he's going to, she's going to drop him for someone else until she gets exactly what she wants. Right? That's how a lot of people treat their relationship with God. They use God, but then they want God to use them. I don't want God to use me because if I want God, because here's the thing. Do I want to be somebody that tries to serve to feel like I've earned the obligation, reward to be a son? Or do I want to serve from a place of sonship where I do things because I love him so much? Because when you say that's outside of my calling, you say, I won't drive a van to church on Thursday. Don't sign me up. That's not my calling. Oh, really? You got a driver's license, don't you? Does God have to tell you to do that stuff? Does God have to use you that way? Well, God's called me to a third world country. Well, why can't you witness to your classmates? I believe God's going to take me to the nations. Do you have a passport? (laughs) St. Augustine said this. He said, pray as though it all depends on God and work as though it all depends on you. Faith without works is dead. I can't expect this all to be on God and say, God, just use me. God, just use me. No, I'm going to get so close and near the heart of my father that my heart will beat after people. And he don't have to make me do anything. There's just a love, a joy, and a peace flowing from my life that is reaching out to others. Because you know what it means to be used? is Well, my calling is prison ministry. But then when God's been on your heart to go pray for that one you see in the grocery store, you're like... That's not my calling. It's not, I'm not called to do that. No, that ain't it, man. Don't put God in a box. You gotta get, God, God, the heaven is His throne, earth is your footstool, and yet God, you're trying to put Him in a box. Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. We're gonna got a little bit to say this morning. I hope you get this. Amen. But John the Baptist, you know, his idea, no doubt, was I'm gonna be right there next to God, but the plans were different than what he expected, right? So let's get into this, because, and we'll, and we'll close with John the Baptist again. We'll get back to that in a minute. But I want to talk about reasons for unanswered prayer. Of course, the number one reason is doubt. And what is prayer? First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.15 is the best definition of prayer that you can find in Scripture. Uh, it was Hannah that said, I pour out my soul before the Lord. The best definition of prayer in all of Scripture. I poured out. When's the last time you poured out your soul to the Lord? When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you worshipped With everything inside of you and tears stained your pillows When's the last time You poured out your soul to the Lord Here's the thing That's what prayer is It's it's pouring everything out to God But one of the reasons We don't receive answered prayer Is because of negativity Doubt Worry Fear A lot of times our prayer Is not out of a position of faith But out of a position of worry Of fear Hallelujah Philippians chapter 4, Let's read the scripture, verses 6 to 8. It says this, it says, Be careful for nothing. What that means is don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And His peace that surpasses all understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now notice, it did not say it would change your situation. You understand that Paul wrote this while he was in prison himself. He said, his peace will keep your mind and heart. He said, therefore, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, if there be any praise, meditate on these things. Meditate. It didn't just say, speak it. It said, think about it. You can't think two thoughts at the same time. Your mind can't be filled with doubt and filled with faith too. It's going to go one way or the other. Amen. So instead of meditating on what could go wrong... You know, that's how spirit of fear is. The Bible says God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. See, fear will make you powerless because it will make you feel like you have to be bound to that the rest of your life. Your dad was like that. Your mom, grandparents was like that. I'm going to be like that too. Fear won't, give you, won't allow you to love. You're afraid to love people because you're afraid of being hurt. You've been hurt before, right? That's a spirit of Fear. I can't love. I can't give all myself in this marriage. I can't give all myself in this relationship because I've been wounded before. I've been divorced before. I've been broken before. And I don't want to go through that again. There's a spirit of fear that the Bible says perfect love will cast out. And a sound mind because fear's got the what is. What if this happens? This happened to their child. It can happen to your child. That's true. But what if you speak and take your seat and speak with peace and authority over your kids? Over your family. Over your job. Right? Faith. Lester Sumrall said this, Faith is knowing God. That's all faith is. It's knowing God. Your faith will increase when you know God. The Bible says, Faith comes by hearing, Hearing by the Word of God. When you speak the Word, And you pray what's written in Scripture, Your faith automatically begins to elevate. The Bible says, As Brandon quoted earlier, Everyone is dealt a measure of faith. Everyone's dealt a measure of faith. But it's about putting that what measure you've got in the right source. All doubt is is a negative faith. It's a negative faith because it looks at the storm and says, The storm's greater than my God. But faith says, I see you, Jesus. I'm walking on this water to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith is knowing God. Faith is knowing God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter uh, 21 21 through 22, the Bible says this, and I'll summarize this. Summarize this. It says, if you have the faith, watch this, it's a grain of a mustard seed, how many's ever seen a mustard seed? Everybody seen a mustard seed before? You see them in churches. Faith is the grain of a mustard seed. You should say to this mountain, "Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea," and it shall be done, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Okay. Now here, here's the thing: the mountain that Jesus was speaking to was the Mount of Olives, right? And here's the thing. This is the Mount of Olives that was prophesied in Zechariah chapter 14 that when Jesus comes and plants his physical kingdom on this earth, he will plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. And when he does, an earthquake is going to happen. And when that earthquake happens, there's going to be an underground water source that's going to come out of the Mount of Olives and will will go into the Dead Sea and heal the Dead Sea. What Jesus was saying is, if you have enough faith to believe my word, you'll speak this word. (laughs) And when you speak this word... I'm gonna come in my glory. And when I come in my glory, things that you don't even know is there is gonna come forth. And it's gonna heal dead things and bring them back to life. That's faith. Because what faith measure I got, I'm gonna release it and put it all in God because He is the God of impossibility. There is nothing too big or too hard for God. If we'll just believe in Him and trust in Him. There's nothing too big. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 23, it says, whatever is not a faith is sin. If it causes me to doubt, it's sin. i got to get rid of it. If it causes me to be negative, i got to get rid of it. Well, the service didn't go good because the worship was off. No, the worship wasn't off. You was off. You didn't come ready. Have you been praying this week? Right? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the preacher was off. No, the preacher been praying and studying. Have you been praying and studying? Amen. we got to go from insight to revelation where it goes from our mind into our heart. And when we get it in our heart, we'll activate faith in our life. And we'll say, no weapon formed against my family shall prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Numerous times did Jesus say in Scripture, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. Your faith has made you whole. What does that mean? Complete. You know what it means to be saved? It means to be healed, preserved, protected, and made whole in the Lord. Amen. We think salvation is just limited to not going to hell. Amen. I prayed a prayer after a preacher one time. I'm sealed. My destiny is sealed. Is it really? Are you saved or are you being saved? The Bible says those that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. It's not how you start it's how you finish your faith will make you whole anything that causes you to doubt or be fearful lay it down things may not go as planned and that's okay god is still good and he's on his throne the three hebrew children had this mindset oh king we will not bow but god's going to deliver us from this flame but if he doesn't i will go down knowing that he's able if this cancer takes you out, guess what? I'll go down knowing He heals cancer. I've seen Him heal too many times. Right. Hallelujah! I may not be able to overcome this physical problem, but you know what? I'll go down knowing He's able because I've him he been healed time and time again. He's still on His throne. I'm going to be healed one way or the other. I said I'm going to be healed one way or the other. If I die, I'll never have cancer again. I'll never have arthritis again. I'll never be sleepless again. I'm going to be healed one way or the other. What better healing is there to be eternity in the arms of Yahweh? What better healing is there? Come on. God's good. Number two, amen. James chapter four here's the thing he said you ask and you receive not because you ask God to launch you into ministry so you can be seen and known see a lot of times we stay idle for years because we're waiting for our moment to shine we're waiting for our open door amen and we stay idle our entire life and not reach to those that are in close proximity with us in our daily life are you aiming too low or are you aiming at the wrong thing Are you aiming too low? Are you aiming at the wrong thing? Some of you have got God in this box and think God's only going to do this and you need to raise your faith to new dimensions and pray ridiculous prayers. I said pray ridiculous prayers because one thing didn't go answer. All of us have had answered prayer, I'm sure. He's answered more than he's not answered. But when he's not answered, there's always a reason. And we may not understand in the moment. Amen. Me and Jessica were talking this week. It took There was something that she had faced. And it took 20 years for her to gain understanding of it. But God gave her healing and understanding of that thing. It took 20 years. Sometimes it takes a long time. Amen. Sometimes things, bad, thing, bad things do happen to good people. And you're going to be able to heal other people. Here's the thing that I feel like God spoke to me in worship. God's given you a key. And there's a lot of people bound by the same thing you face. You got the key. Go set them free. Only free people free people. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't aim too low. Don't aim at the wrong thing. I want this because it's about my lust. No. You don't need to, you don't need to do these things because it's about your lust for popularity and fame. It's about your love for Him. Amen. Some people get offended and, don't, and can't find a home church because they want to be used. I talked about this already. They want to be used. So they say three weeks a month they got to be planted in the right area. And listen, I don't believe there should be any vacant people. Like You shouldn't be like going through the motions of church. You need to find a role in the kingdom. Don't hear me wrong. But because our moment didn't come to shine and we didn't get asked to do something, we'll even find a church who will give us that platform. Maybe the last thing you need right now is a platform. Maybe the last thing you need right now is a platform. Maybe you don't need the pulpit. That's, that can become an idol in your life. And it can really send you to hell. Idolatry it doesn't enter in the pearly gates. I'm sorry. Amen. Sometimes we make ourselves an idol. Don't consume that thing upon your lust. Sometimes we need to just set the microphone down and say, You know what? I'm just going to go worship. I'm going to love people. I'm going to walk down before service. I'm going to walk down the pews. and I'm just going to ask people, Hey, do you, do you need prayer this morning? What if we took our prayer from the back corner and came out here and just started walking around and praying for people for service? What if God just started healing people 15 minutes before service started? Hallelujah. You receive that? Amen. It would be awesome, wouldn't it? Amen. Hallelujah. Number three, you pray out of the will of God. You pray out of God's will. 1 John chapter 5. Verses 14 through 15 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he he hears us. If we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, once we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. How do we know his will? First of all, you don't approach him because you need something. You approach him with worship. He'll come with worship. He'll come with worship. Play worship music in your home. He'll come and worship. He'll come when you worship him. That draws his attention. When you say, God, I don't really need nothing today. You you blessed me with a great family. You saved me. You healed me. Time. How about I just worship you today? What if you went with your parents and you say, you know what? I don't need that thing off the Internet. I don't need tickets to that game. I don't need that. You know what I need? I just want to sit and have lunch with you. Or dinner with you, right? Probably make your parents feel good, right? When you don't actually go because you need something. Amen. Pray according to His will. The Bible says that. Jesus said, after this manner, pray, Our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be your name. He goes off calling. Now, people didn't do this in the Old Testament. They didn't call God Father. It wasn't until Jesus came that they could know God as Father. Amen. Do we, do we serve as a place of servants? Or do we love out of a place of a son or daughter of God? When you know God as Father, it will change your prayer life. Not the abusive Father, not the vacant Father, but the loving Abba. Amen. Second, you must be willing to be silent and meditate upon His Word. That'll help you know the will of God. If you just be silent and just wait on Him, that's a good thing. Doesn't mean you're bored, doesn't mean you're lazy, doesn't mean you're without words. Silence is sometimes a very good thing in prayer. I've heard preachers say that. I, there's many times I just said in silence because if you're the only one doing the talking, it's not much of a relationship. You gotta take time to listen. God will speak to you through His Word or maybe audibly if we would stop and we would listen and be silent and just think of the Word and think of His goodness and mercy. He can speak to us, He can minister to us. Amen. Bible says in Psalm 37:4 delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. That does not mean because I live for Jesus that I get a multi-million dollar mansion. I get to drive the nicest car in Bell County, Kentucky because I love Jesus. No. If you, the word delight means to make yourself luxurious sin. Let your luxury not come from things but His presence. And then when you get in His presence, your will will start aligning with His will. And your heart will start aligning with his heart. And your desires will start aligning with his desires. And then you'll start praying the prayers of heaven, the intercession and worship of heaven. And then his kingdom can come. And then his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Delight. I'm joyful because I love Jesus and I'm with his presence. That's delighting yourself in him. It won't be about consuming things on your lust and praying things that He doesn't want for your life because those things are a hindrance and a distraction and an idol. Not for your best interest. The Father will look out for the best interest of His kids. Amen. Number four, speaking. This is the fourth reason for unanswered prayer. Speaking in an atmosphere of disagreement. Speaking in an atmosphere of disagreement. Matthew chapter 13, verses 57 to 58. The Bible says, Jesus was speaking in Nazareth, and they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Verse 58. And he did not many work, mighty works there because of their unbelief. He didn't do a lot of stuff there because of unbelief. So he had to teach them because teaching is what destroys unbelief. Hearing the word of God will build faith and will destroy unbelief. But he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. When you speak into atmospheres of disagreement and disunity, you can automatically not expect God to move. But if you can get united with about two or three people, you can do more than a house full of disagreement. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last year, and I won't go into too detail of this, uh, but last year I was really, I faced a situation, and some of this is preached out of my own pain, so to speak, spiritually, but I got really close connected to a situation and prayed for this baby to be healed and was there, and, and God was doing it. God was doing it. I mean, He was. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, and I knew what God shared with me, that, what His will was, and I wanted it done. And but I wanted it done my way and but he was dying with cancer and God touched that baby in such a way that they took that he was able to breathe on his own and stuff and they actually took him outside and played. You know, I mean like I mean it was crazy, like a complete 180. Some of y'all remember that. Complete 180. And then the next day they're burying the child. I was broke. I said, God, you know, I sat there in the dark, hardly wouldn't speak to anyone for two, two or three days. Until Jessica had to shake me up and get me back in my right mind. Because I was in that moment where I really doubted God for the first time in my life. I'm ready to quit ministry. I'm ready to quit this thing called serving Jesus. I'm ready to quit it all because I I had full faith and full confidence. that my faith was unshaken. I expected that kid to be resurrected back to life. And I expected the greatest revival in Cincinnati to happen through that baby's miracle. I mean, that's where I was. And I was like, yes, this is going to happen. But there was a Disagreement. And, I didn't, and I'm not saying this, that to what killed the kid, don't listen to me. But, you know, once that baby was signed for comfortable care, they, you know, I had a family member text to me that day he died. They're killing this kid. He said, they're doubling his meds. They're trying to go ahead and kill him and take him out. I'm like, tell him no. I know what God said. Tell him no. I was fighting, I was calling, I was doing everything. I prayed, I couldn't pray another prayer, I was silent. And then I got the word that he passed away, and it broke my heart. And I got too personal with the situation, and it broke me, man. And I was down in God, and, fear, and all this stuff started creeping in that I had never felt before. I began to get mad at God. I was upset at God. I was hanging with God. And it took me months to get over it. It, t- it's t- it took me a long time to get over it. I really did. I-, I didn't even pray for people the same. I just doubted. I just like, I don't even want to pray for people. I'd rather sit in my seat. I don't want to pray for people. Because I had that much faith, and it did not happen. And there's some things that happen that you don't understand. But if you don't let the peace of God come in and heal you, you'll stay mad at God and you'll stay stuck the rest of your life. I'd rather have the peace of God with me. And listen to me, there are great godly parents that were in total agreement that their child still died. So I'm not going to say, you know, good godly parents that still had miscarriages. Good godly, Listen, that's not the only reason, but I do believe that if you go in an atmosphere of unbelief, God's not going to bring the total miracle that's needed. And that's very true. But here's the thing. I had to stop being mad at God and to say, God, you just have to give me peace. And when you let him come in, you may not have all the answers and it may take years for you to get it. But if you will let him, his peace will carry you. And there's nothing. There's no price on peace. There's no price on peace. I can't stop doubting because one prayer didn't go answered. But of course, he is healed and he's no doubt Dancing and playing on the streets of gold With countless other babies and children Growing up in the admonition of the Lord in heaven No doubt <laughs> No doubt But you know it broke me And it hurt me and it wounded me But, but it, took my, it took Jessica finally getting a hold of me And like basically shaking me and say, Wake up, this is not you I can't, I can't, I can't even stand to be around you right now You with this weight It's not fun carrying that. And if you throw your own pity party and let it, it'll stay right there on your shoulder and you'll carry it the rest of your life. You'll be miserable. You'll be depressed. You'll be broken, confused. But the Bible says, God is not the author of confusion but of peace. Do you understand that bad things really did happen in Scripture to some very good people? Job lost every kid he had. And what did he do? He stripped his clothes and he fell down and he worshiped. If we would stop going god why and start just saying god i love you change our posture it'll bring healing it will bring healing when we change the posture of our heart and say i know it didn't go the way i planned i planned the business to go this way and it went the other direction and i planned my job to go this way and it went the other direction maybe god's got a better job for you maybe god's got something better sometimes god's no is just a delay Sometimes it's just he's got a better thing in mind He's got a better thing in mind Amen Sometimes it knows a delay No, do you understand in Acts chapter 16 That Paul and Silas was going to go to Asia And they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to go to Asia But Jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel That sounds like a contradiction of the Holy Ghost Don't go there Go over here, Right? Because there was a woman that was possessed with the devil that needed to be free, and it ended up them being in prison. Maybe if they went in Asia Minor, they may have not ended up in prison. But there was a city ripen full of the holy ripen for a harvest that they were called to go to, and they may have ended up in prison. But at the midnight hour when they were praising and worshiping, not only did their chains fall, but everybody else's prison doors were open man, forbidden the Holy Ghost to go to one land just to go to prison, but they worshiped anyways. That only comes from knowing God. Faith is knowing God. Amen. Are you with me? Won't be much longer because I feel like God wants to heal some people this morning. Number five, your petitions tempt Christ rather than move him. You know in Matthew 4, <laughs> Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, the devil began to tempt Jesus. If you really are the Christ, jump off this pinnacle and your angels would carry you. And then he would say, it is written, it is written, it is written. Then when he died on the cross, there's like a big circle when he was dying on the cross. If you are, if you are the son of David, then jump off that cross. If you're the son of God, jump off that cross. You know, does your prayer tempt Christ? Rather than moving, Faith moves God. God's not moved by your need. He's moved by your faith. Right? If you're really God, then, then heal my kid. If you're really real. This is the first time I've come to you. But if you're really real, then heal my, heal my marriage. Heal this. Do that if you're really him. Don't tempt God with your prayers. Amen. You're not going to get the best answers that way. They're not always going to come to you. Don't tempt him. Bless him. Praise Him When you're broken Because in your brokenness You're going to do One of two things You're either going to Surrender to a place of worship Or you're going to Become bitter And hard hearted And mad And I can And I can promise you It's better to surrender And worship You're better off that way Surrendering and worship Rather than be bitter and mad It goes A long way Number six You know what what Oh my goodness Here's a big one Pride (laughs) You're not going to Get answered prayers When you're prideful arrogant, boastful. You're not going to get answered prayers when you're prideful. The Bible says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James 5 and 16 says this, the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. And he goes on to say in James 4, God, but he gives more grace. He says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. When you humble yourself and you pray with faith and you believe God, God can bring healing. You know what pride does? It says, I can't confess my sin. I'm too concerned of what other people think. This may offend you, and if so, you can take it to the Lord, but you know something that, got, that always got me in church growing up was unspoken prayer requests. Now we get them on Facebook. I have an unspoken prayer request. That one gets me. You're not speaking on Facebook. You're typing it out. I have an unspoken. I have an unwritten prayer request. <laughs> right? It always got me. Right. I have an unspoken need. Where is that in the Bible? That I am... Too ashamed to take my need to God and if you're too ashamed to confess to pray for other people because you're afraid they're gonna gossip then you're with the wrong crew you're linking up with the wrong people if you're afraid you won't tell them what you need prayer with and they're gonna tell everybody else and you're then you're linked up with the wrong crew don't get linked up with them link up with faith link up with faith people you can trust you're going through something. Confess one to another that you may be healed. You're going through something. You're struggling with addiction and sin in your life. Confess to someone who can help you pray that's already free, and God can bring healing. Amen. Amen. Number seven, I got two more. Lack of consistency and intercession in relationship with Christ will bring unfruitful answers to prayer. If you're not consistent, if the only time God hears you is because you need something, Amen. That's inconsistent prayer. Amen. If you're, only, if you're only praying when Sunday and Wednesday roll around, at church, you've got inconsistent prayer. Amen. Prayer is communication with God. The Bible says in James five sixteen the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man evails much. Effectual, fervent means to be active and to be mighty in prayer. He said if, you're, if a righteous man is mighty in prayer, he said they're going to accomplish very much in the kingdom of God. Amen. And these unspoken prayer requests. Let your requests be made known unto God in His peace That surpasses all understanding Will keep your heart and mind In Jesus Christ We need His peace And we need consistency in our prayer life The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 8 Verses 26-28 to I'll summarize this But the Bible says The Spirit makes intercession for us With groanings that cannot be uttered The difference is this Are we praying out of our mind and soulish realm Or are we praying out of our spirit Do we let God speak to us and guide us in how to pray, or do we let our problems guide our prayer life? Do we let fear guide our prayer life? Do we let worry guide our prayer life? It ain't much of a prayer life, but if we pray and let the Holy Spirit show us how to pray, He'll teach us how to pray, because He knows the will of the Father, and He will hear you when you pray according to His will. Amen. That's why Solomon got his answer. He wanted wisdom to guide the people. That was the will of God for his life. It wasn't for more stuff. God blessed him with more stuff because that was not his primary focus. It was not what he was aiming for. It was wisdom. And God blessed him with that. Amen. Here's the thing. Don't blame yourself if consistent prayer does go unanswered though. Don't blame yourself because, again, God may have a better idea in mind. God may want to create a testimony of healing in you. There have been pastors, prominent pastors in this nation who had to bury a child. They have. I know a couple of them. Rick Warren, Greg Laurie. Rick Warren's son committed suicide. Talk about a pastor of a mega church, how heartbroken that must have been. Bad things happen that we don't understand. But it takes the Holy Spirit giving him access to give peace to our heart. Amen. Don't blame yourself if 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 a consistent prayer goes unanswered because you know what you'll do. Man, I should have fasted more. I should have prayed more. Man, if I'd have fasted a few more meals, maybe they'd have got their breakthrough. If I'd have just done this a little more. If I'd have just and don't get me wrong, if you if you take that five hours you're on social media day and transform it into prayer, yeah yeah, you might get more answers. But I believe it was John Piper that said it. I'll summarize what he said, paraphrase it. He said. What's going to happen at the end of the age is that Facebook and Twitter is going to be uh, the very re- is going to show that we really had time to pray but didn't. We really had time to pray but we didn't pray. That's what John Piper said. Amen. But anyway, but if you, you know what you do, if you say, "Man, if I'd just fast, and I believe you got to fast, and I believe you got to pray. But if you get that religious bondage in your mind, what's going to happen is this. You're going to be mad at yourself and stay bitter with yourself the rest of your life. If I'd just fasted more, I'd have my parent a little longer with me. That's religious bondage. That's not of God. That actually is from a spirit of fear, spirit of bondage to fear. But we don't have that bondage. We, We have the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Finally, last thing. Bitterness. Bitterness, that, that is a big reason for unanswered prayer. How can you expect, and the scripture says, Jesus said this, if you can't forgive them of their sins, how can you expect God to forgive you of your sin? Jesus died and carried every sin and sickness on the cross, but yet you're going to be bitter because someone harmed you or done you wrong. In some, and you won't carry that for the rest of your life. Amen. He said, blessed are those who are not offended in me. Bitterness and unwillingness to forgive will hinder an answer to prayer. Sometimes you don't need to ask God to take away your affliction because affliction precedes growth. Sometimes you don't need to ask God to take away your struggle because it changes identity. Ask Jacob, he struggled, became Israel. Sometimes you don't need to even ask God to take away persecution because the Bible says, Blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom. You need to shift your prayer life, change perspective, and pray the will of God. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth again he carried kidney stones his entire life but he wrote but he all those years he carried kidney stones in his body but yet but yet he would pray and people would be healed are you willing to die to yourself so everybody else can be delivered and free amen bitterness it's an ugly thing can i tell you this time doesn't heal all wounds do you know that time doesn't heal all wounds sometimes all time does is give you enough time to put some dirt over the thing Just put some dirt over it Where it's hidden Out of sight Out of mind But then something happens Down the road And those old feelings Begin to come right back up Don't let time do it Let God do it I said don't let time do it Let God do it God will heal those Emotional spiritual wounds In your life And he can give you The answer to the questions You have But you gotta approach him The right way Not with bitterness Not with anger Not even out of fear But in grace Come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Last thing. Are you comfort, comforted, comfortless, or comfortable? When you're comforted, the Holy Spirit's with you. He'll comfort you through those times of grieving and pain. He'll bring you answers. He'll give you strength. He'll give you peace. Are you comfortless where you've left the arms of God? So I'll figure this out on my own. I'll figure this out on my own There's a lot of people that's left the church And doing other religions Atheistic, agnostic, all this stuff Because there was wounds They didn't let God heal and give him access to God, why did my parents split up? We was all together in church Why did that happen? And they get mad at God Let God give you answers There's a lot of things we blame God for That's really not His fault God can't help if someone commits adultery That's your decision God can't help on certain things that's certain people's decision. There's things that happen that we don't understand. And there's some things that because people are lawless, listen, grace is not an excuse to be lawless. We say that again. Grace is not an excuse to be lawless. The Bible says the spirit of antichrist comes in a spirit of lawlessness. Grace is not an excuse to be lawless. In fact, it means to be more lawful because Jesus had a lot tougher commands than the law did. Don't commit adultery, but if you look upon them with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart don't talk about them you say you don't murder but you are murdering in your mind and your heart when you talk a death to their life when you speak death over them and negative things right jesus had a little bit tougher commands but in jesus there is healing and there is grace that he bore the penalty of every sin of every pain of every confusion and every brokenness that he commended in our life amen losing people close to you is tough it's very tough And some people are closer to your heart than others, but let the Holy Spirit comfort. Don't build a wall around that place in your heart and be mad at God. Why did this happen to them and why did this happen to me? Let his peace that surpasses all understanding carry you through. Human reason doesn't grasp faith, but if you allow faith, faith will give you the answers you need to go on. Some of you were here this morning and God has gave me this word to release to you today because there's a great number of people in this room that have areas of your heart that you've not got, gave God access to heal and you've kept it covered in the dark and now it's time to let the light shine upon that dark thing and let God heal you and mend you. If you would like to know more about Our Father's House and upcoming events, log on to Our Father's House, ky.org.